Hello, everybody. Before we start today's podcast, I just want to talk about our charity spotlight, magickids.org. Magickids.org is a 501c3 charity based out of Rochester, Minnesota. They have a goal of putting your unused cards to work to help educate kids on how to play Magic the Gathering. They believe teaching a kid Magic the Gathering will help them with important life skills like critical thinking, reading, and math. They send out these kits from your donated cards called Magic Kits eh, to volunteer teachers and mentors to use to then teach the kids. The, the teachers and mentors use the Magic Kids curriculum called Sort, Build, Play. And what that is, is when the teachers receive the kits, the kids then go through the kits to sort the cards to become more familiar with the cards, see what they like. They then use those cards that they like to build a deck, and then they use those decks to play each other. Sort, build, play. Now, there are a couple ways that you can help out Magic Kids by donating your unused cards, sending some money their way, or becoming a volunteer, mentor, or teacher. To learn more about them and get some more information on how to donate your cards, money, or your time, go check them out at magickids.org or follow them on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And from that, let's hit the intro. Welcome, Welcome to This Week in MTG with your host, Matt Olson. Hello and welcome, Magic Folk, to episode 42 of This Week in MTG, your aggregate news source for all things Magic the Gathering. We are your hosts, Matt Olson. That is I. Over there, we have Danny Oakstead. What's up? And over here, we have the jankiest of janky boggles, JB. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. Hope you're all doing well. One thing I was doing when listening to podcasts is like they all try to have like a, you know, a conversation in the beginning. It's like, I don't know. Is that something that we want to be associated with? Just the problem I is mean, our conversations last half an hour before yeah. the episode even starts. I mean, we, we could always be like, <laughs> be like the cardboard crack house. And fucking go off on 20 minute tangents. Yeah. Oh, we do. <laughs> we do. I fucking love those guys, though. Those get edited out the 20 minute tangents, or at least they're turning into 10 minute tangents. No, you guys seriously got to listen to the crack house, man. They're fucking great. I got to I gotta do that. They're I got hilarious. I got so many podcasts I listen to at the moment. So do I. But I make time for the crack house, man. But let's get into the breakdown how this episode is going to turn out for y'all. We got some event results, including Players Tour this last weekend, three and four. Then we're going to be diving into the news, starting off with Blogatog, hitting up them news quickies afterwards, and then getting into a couple deeper topics. Rounding off that, we move into the finance section, going off of MTG Stocks, a perfect site for all your financial magic needs. And we close this week with a very interesting Yadaro deck. Everyone loves the Dirtle Turtle. I do. That's why I chose this one. This one was my pick. Finally, somebody else found a deck. My pick this week. (laughs) The Dirtle Turtle. I love it so much. It's such a good card. I got wrecked by that the other day. You did? I did. Somebody pulled off the Dirtle Turtle? In a... Well, they hard cast it. Ooh. (laughs) It was green, red monsters in standard on Arena. That's okay. I've been hard casting Shark Typhoon, and oh man, I love it. People scoop. Yeah, dude. When you drop a Shark Typhoon, and then you have like countered magic, or if you have a reclamation out the turn before, then cast a Shark Typhoon. Yeah, and then you cast Explosion, and you drop a six six flying shark. People scoop. Yeah, it. mm, It's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. You can't fight a six six shark. That's flying. I know, right? There's a lot of people that have been packing on summons in their main board, though. I have been <laughs> fucked by that. It's like, they got a blue mana. What are they going to do? Unfucking summon. Oh, yeah. That is a thing. <laughs> I'm like, damn it. That's in standard. Yeah. Like you, sir. So, with Teamer Wrecked decks on our mind right now, JB, tell us about how Teamer Wrecked did in the Players Tour this weekend. So first up, we have Players Tour 3. 
First place was Jun's Sacrifice. Second place, Teamer Reclamation. Third place, Salt Eye Ramp. Fourth place, Bant Ramp. Fifth place, Jun's Sacrifice. Sixth place, Teamer Reclamation. Seventh place, Orzaviorion. That sounds interesting. And eighth place, we have Rakdos Sacrifice. Looks like a Gigantha variant. Oh, it's actually pretty diverse this time around. Yeah, no, the uh, Orzov Yorion deck was super cool because it was uh, uh, Burglar Rats blinking that, making your opponent's discard with Yorion. Ooh, yeah, that's good. Yeah, the hand control with that was pretty legit. And then it's like Doom Foretold style deck with Yorion where you're just using white to cast it. I think I played against one of those decks. Yeah. Now that you're describing it. There, there's, there's a loop that can that can happen with Yorion and Charming Prince. Ooh, Yorion enters with the Charming Prince in play. Yorion bounces the Charming Prince. Charming Prince comes back in, blinks Yorion till the end of next turn. Yorion comes in, blink the Charming Prince, and as long as one piece doesn't get wrecked, which you're pretty good because you're always blinking the Burglar Rat or the. I think some decks are running. Uh, Yorox Fenlurker as yep. well to be making them not have cards in hand. I mean, I still beat that deck, but it was definitely hard. It was uh, it was first brought up by Efro, popular Magic Pro, who told the deck to five different people. Ben Stark was one of them, and they just like they were just fucking plowing through the players two or three. But uh, Teamer Wreck, the Mighty Has Fallen of Metashare, it reduced in Metashare for the likes of Bant, uh, Bant Ramp because people wanted to play Teferi to be able to stop the Teamer Reclamation decks from casting all these instances and sorceries. Teferi needs to die. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a strong card, but we only got it for a couple months left. Yep. And then the price is going to drop, and then I'm going to pick it up for Soul Herder. Yeah. Win. Until it hits Modern and then Skywards again. It's already in Modern. Yeah, it's already been in Modern. But I mean... But I mean and well, Pioneer. Or Pioneer. So it's already been in both. But it's, it's gonna people are still going to switch over to that. They still want to play it. I just don't want to spend 17 bucks on a card. I'll wait till it hits 12. There's more utility to combat a Teferi in... Pioneer for sure, especially in modern. Mm. Well, yeah, modern, but where it's it shows up for sure, but not as prevalent as standard. No. Nope. Well, either way, it needs to be banned from historic. With that new black core twenty card, uh, core twenty twenty one card coming out, the one that destroys a creature with CMC three or less, or planeswalker with CMC three or less. You can always just run Vraska's Contempt. You mean? Uh, E to extinction, Vraska's Dumps on standard. No, and historic. Oh, he's talking about historic. Well, E to extinction is still, if anything, that's probably better because it's black three instead of black, black two. Yeah, but you gain life. But card selection with the quote unquote surveil with E to extinction. Yeah, but you gain life. It could trigger bloodthirsty aerialist Mm -hmm. or pride mate. Oh, yeah. But then he needs to be going black. If he's going, oh, that's right. He's going with the uh, the life gain deck. Mm hmm. Okay, yeah, no. Frasca's Contempt, a little more in that uh, Heliod Life Gain Historic deck for you. Boom. Oh, no. My my Mono White Life Gain deck is no problem with him. It's my Mono Green deck. That's where my Hydras are a little too slow for Tefiri. That's right. Veil, Veil is uh, banned in Historic, isn't it? Yep. Yep. What else do we have for events? Okay, so we have players tour four. We have first place, Team of Reclamation. Second place, Azorius Control. Third place, Azorius Control. Fourth place, Team of Rec. Fifth place, Bant Flash. Woo-hoo. Sixth place, Team of Reclamation. Seventh place, Bant Ramp. And eighth place, Team of Reclamation. Such a diverse field. 
So that'll do it for our past events. On to our upcoming events, we have SCG Tour Online Challenges coming up June 20th through July 3rd. Looks like they're going to be a mix of standard and historic. Looks like they're going to be happening at random times every day. So yeah, join up, have some fun. Looks like cost is going to be $20. You get SEG points. You go 4 you get 10 And $50 SEG credit. 3-1, 4 SEG points. $20 credit. And then participation, you get 2 SEG credits. Then you need 10 to qualify for the online championship qualifier. And it is a Swiss format. So with that, looks like we'll turn it over to Danny. See what we have for BNRs this week. So this week we have no BNR updates. So with that being said, we move along to the blog talk of the week. And this week we go to Rona's 96 asked. Why are white, blue, black, red iconic creatures guaranteed flying, but hydras aren't guaranteed trample? It seems a little unfair, especially because hydras have the least variations in mechanical abilities. Mark replied, flying works differently than most other keywords, as we always make sure that creature that appears to fly actually flies. As players assume as such, trample is not assumed in the same way. I see the issue is reversed. The fact that certain iconics have to fly limits our ability to make each feel different. I'll also note that not all demons have to fly. So Matt and I had this discussion earlier. And me, being a nail player, likes the hydras. Love Hydras. I am going to be building a Hydras modern deck. And we come to the conclusion that Hydras get big, massive, real quick, but can still be stopped by that 1-1 rat <laughs> every single time. So it, it makes doesn't make sense that not... Like, there are some Hydras that do have Trample. Very select, but some do. I think Primordial Hydra gets it after he gets a certain amount of plus one, plus one counters on it. True. But, I don't know. All Hydras should have it. Because Hydras are, are, what, stereotypically five feet, are five stories high. Right. In theory. And they can't they can't run over a creature that's only three inches tall. I feel flavorfully for sure they should get some sort of keyword. Like when they get to a certain size, you know, if they got, if they got, I don't know, eight plus, six plus, eight plus counters, yep. they could get like trample or, you know, first strike would be okay. You know, the, all those heads and stuff moving around, like you get first right? strike damage at least. Or double strike. Mm-hmm. Something along those lines. Being able to flavorfully, but. Yeah, that would just make them a little too overpowered, I think. Having a fucking 2020 Hydra with double strike. But here's the thing, though. Yeah, like, yeah, ha- Hydras don't have haste. Nope. So, yeah, you, you have a turn to have an answer for them. And usually Hydras are, at most, a two hard cost. Or at least two hard cost. So one and then X. Or two and an X. Or XX. They're never really, oh, you need seven mana to drop this hard cast. Or just seven mana straight up. It's always something in X. Or it is like an eight drop, but yeah. usually at that time you have something that's, oh, hey, you can cancel it. Or yeah, cause, bounce well, it. or They're like a, but, a couple but, that are six, I think. Like Gargos and Broodmaster. But you have but, yep. you have those spells where, okay... Destroy all creatures, current man costs four or less. So it gets rid of all those 37s, 38s, 40s, whatever number you want. Pick out, because it only has one 
mana symbol. So those hydras need something. Like I get it, some creatures give other creatures trample. But those are six to eight drops to get those. I don't know. That's or you know, there's a couple hydras that have like ETB abilities. So maybe more of like activated abilities that do stuff. I do like the new Pelucrinos Unchained being able to fight. That seems kind of flavorful, you know. Pay mana fight a creature. That could be more of a Hydra thing as well, instead of Trample. Well, Viostra's Hydra has that. It has the two abilities you cast it. Either you can double its one-run counters or have it fight the tar- yeah. a target creature that opponent controls, but it still doesn't have haste. Well, yeah. As long or as you... or I mean, it still doesn't have Trample. Yeah, for like, sure. Yeah, it's great, but you're still... You're basically just making sure there's no blocker there. Great, whatever. But if the other person does have blockers... That big guy can still be dropped or stopped by a one-one token. It it doesn't make sense. It do, it does seem like a little bit of a flavor fail. But that's, what do we know? We're not the ones that are making cards like Oko and Once Upon a Time and God knows what else. You know, Teferi's. Yeah. Again, Teferi. He can he kills them too. <laughs> bounces no, them back yeah, to your hands. <laughs> Moving on to news quickies. Uh, Friday Magic this week is play whatever, meaning they don't have a specific event due to the release of M21. Uh, with that being said, reminder of checking out with your WPN store for extra rewards. There are Moto tw- uh, Core 21 updates happening. There's a downtime June 23rd from 9 a.m. to noonish. So today depending on when this comes out it was either earlier or it's coming up there's also going to be new avatars from c21 there's going to be teferi avatar liliana avatar basri ket avatar then you get uh a dog and cat legendary avatar and then a whole new set of schedules for league events and other moto online series and then uh, M21 releases this Friday for pre-release. Watch your favorite streamer who has early access this Wednesday the 24th. And those of you who have Macs, who work on iOS, who are behind everyone else, Thursday, June 25th, Magic Arena is available for you for the first time ever. Only through the Epic Game Store. Wah, wah, wah. It's there. <laughs> just gotta get the. Just gotta get the Epic Game Store. Apple now. wants your money. Since you're already spending spending a thousand dollars on their phones, what's an extra fifteen dollars? Yeah. So, essentially, at this point, it's just going to stay on the the Epic Game Store with the sixty four bit client, and they're not specifically going to be working on a Mac specific client like how there's a windows specific client you're just going to have to go into the epic game store play it there so moving along to the deep topics of this week in mtg the deep deep topics all right so moving into our first deep topic here we have uh, Wizards of the Coast doing something pretty cool. They lifted the suspension of Austin Bursevich. So his suspension was lifted on the 16th. And his Magic Online and Magic Arena accounts were reactivated, clearing him to participate in competitive play. He was suspended indefinitely on May 24th for failing to cooperate in a Wizards of the Coast investigation after leaking changes to Magic's organized play on Twitter earlier that month. The Mythic Champion Top 8 competitor appealed the suspension that night and proceeded to send multiple emails for more information and updates on his appeal process spanning the following weeks. So after multiple, multiple attempts of emailing to try to figure out what's going on and trying to appeal this suspension here, he heard nothing for over 20 days until he received an email from a support rep saying that uh, they completed their current investigation in regard to the unauthorized disclosure of confidential information 
As a result, your suspension has been lifted. Your accounts have been reactivated, and you are immediately eligible to participate in competitive play. Lotsy then followed up with more emails confirming Bursevich was cleared to play in this weekend's Players Tour and Mythic Qualifier events, along with a message telling him his stocked Arena account was also being set up. Ooh, look at that. They're stocking an Arena account for him. How nice. Despite his suspension coming from a failure to cooperate in the Watsi investigation, Bursevich said he didn't provide any details on where he got the information he originally leaked. While he was disappointed he missed out on the Arena Open and the first weekend of the Players Tour online events, he said he was glad they pushed through and notified him of the lifting of his suspension in time for this weekend. I think it's good that he got reinstated back in. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He wasn't under any NDAs. He he did nothing yeah. wrong. He was just showing how corrupt Watsi was being with their information. Exactly. Though, to be fair, you, you know, the Pro League members, them, Watsi having an open communication with the Pro League members is definitely something important to have so that way they can cultivate a strong entertainment side of the play the the high level play i get it why they would give the pro players that kind of a heads up but all in all austin bersovich didn't need to be banned from may 24th till the 16th but it's still a form of cheating if if you are getting information about well, a contest before everyone else is getting information therefore anyone who's got that information is cheating if it's an open it is for everyone in the world to play. And if you're giving pros privilege of knowing information that is time sensitive, that is cheating. Which is true. Which I completely back Austin what he did. Oh, for sure. 100% on there. And Watsy sh- should have not taken this long to do it. Yeah. Well, they just wanted to see if they could apply pressure to him to see if it'll... That is, that is even worse. Mm-hmm. Oh, we know we're doing something wrong. You told on us. Now we're going to strong arm you out of this competition. We're going to screw you how you make your money because we wanted to keep this secret. And the fact that he lost his points and stuff as well. Yeah. Uh, uh, mythic points. Yeah. Every, every, everything yeah. should be back to where it should be. But yep. no, he didn't, he didn't get those back, but at yeah, least his back is a start. Know, it, it's still. I don't know. That just leaves bad taste in everyone's mouth. Oh, for sure. That's just shady. Shady, shady, shady. Yup. But you know what's not shady is Wizards cutting tie with a couple of their artists. Longtime famed magic artist Therese Nielsen. It was revealed on Weekly MTG last Thursday that they won't, uh, quote, we haven't commissioned new work from Therese Nielsen in quite a while, says Doug Bayer, principal game designer of the world-building team for Magic the Gathering. The last product that will have any reprint art from her is this fall with Zendikar Rising. The whole thing with uh, Therese Nielsen, uh, the biggest TLDR, is she was... Uh, she liked some alt-right Twitter pages and sent in some of her own paintings to an alt-right YouTube channel. And a lot of the magic community is very upset with her stance on that, you know, with magic trying to be a super inclusive with the LGBTQ community. And Therese Nielsen openly showing that, you know, she is, you know, following and... and giving giving gifts to these different branches of alt right so wizards is trying to you know keep that friendly community going on and just cutting ties with Therese Nielsen from it it's a thing that happened that that was in the making from 2018 up till now as well so it's been go this this has been going on for a while Therese Nielsen made a vague statement back in 2019 saying she she is who she is and stuff link it in the description below it's yeah it's it's definitely uh divisive for sure but with that as of today as well 
uh, Wizards of the Coast is cutting ties with another long-standing magic artist, Noah Bradley. Uh, Noah Bradley was accused of sexual misconduct with members of the magic and artist community. And then he went on saying, yes, this happened. And again, with, uh, you know, trying to keep wizards in an inclusive place, when you got someone who openly admitted to being a predator, they just wanted to just ax that right away. And so work from Noah Bradley and Therese Nielsen is not something that will be happening in the magic world anymore. Now moving away from that topic. Okay, so next up we have some Core 21 and Jumpstart release notes. So first up, we have a new keyword action, mill. So instead of uh, seeing all the lengthy words of uh, putting the top card of your library in your graveyard or however many cards in your graveyard, from now on, it's just going to be mill. Good stuff. I always love it when they clean up type lines. And mills just got used everywhere. Just glad to know that the inevitable happened and it got used in magic. Mm-hmm. Next up, new creature type, dog. And also all the hounds have now been eradicated to dogs. Next up, we have a returning keyword ability, prowess. So prowess is whenever you cast a non-creature spell, this creature gets plus one, plus one until end of turn. We also have a returning card cycle. We've got Shrine Enchantments. Got a whole new set of them. So we have a lot of uh, card-specific and set-specific notes. Uh, Links will be in the description. It covers a lot of cards and specific weird interactions with them. Maybe we'll cover a cover in our bonus set. Ooh, maybe. And flowing into Jumpstart kind of stuff, Magic Arena and Jumpstarts are going to be going hand-in-hand, kind of. So Arena announced that hundreds of the new cards from Jumpstart will be in Historic. Uh, According to CBR.com, Jumpstart is coming to Magic the Gathering, bringing with it hundreds of cards for the game's historic format, including 37 brand new cards. Uh, According to Magic Arena on Twitter... Uh, They wanted to make sure that, quote, so we're all in the same board state. Hashtag MTG Jumpstart is coming to Magic Arena. Yes, it'll feature 500 plus cards. Yes, 37 of those new cards. 37 of those are new cards. Yes, they're all historic legal. But then there is a little caveat with that is, however, 20 of these cards will not be added into the format as they are too powerful for the historic environment and will instead have other cards swapped in their place. While only a fraction of the cards which will not be part of historic have been announced, the current lists includes powerful cards like Reanimate, a one-mana spell that brings back creatures from the graveyard of any type. So those are just far more powerful than historic cards are currently able to function with supposedly so and then also they released the full deck lists of the jumpstart packs a lot to go through and we'll definitely be covering that in a bonus episode that we're going to be doing about it this this chambers on century ah never mind it's not as good as i thought it was mostly it can be as five five Mm-hmm. That's sad. Mm-hmm. But unless you double it with... Uh, that new hardened scales like one, green yeah. two. Or um, hydro growth. Hydro growth, yep. But that, if- that's just stupid. Oh, I'm going to just tap this, deal five. That's all it has one left. It's double it every single time. It's kind of a more fair walking ballista. It's nerfed. But talking about Chamber Sentry will lead us easily into our next topic of the duplicate problem that Mm -hmm. is going to be coming with Core 21. Saffron Olive brought up 
in his article on the 19th about why MTG Arena, actually not really why, but just acknowledging that MT Arena has a reprint problem. The fact of, I guess the title of his his little article is MTG Arena's reprint problem. What is it? Why does it matter? And how to fix it? There isn't much as a written article. It's more video from his, I guess, MTG Goldfish platform. Um, but we were discussing this one earlier about how you have your from the vault or yeah from the vault or how is it it's just vault progress it's It's, vault yeah it's just a vault that gives you wild cards but that's after the fact of getting cards of duplicates completing the whole set and then getting whatever duplicates so yeah it's just one of those we were talking it was more Rather than MTG Arena only limiting you to four copies of said card, have a counter after your four cards of, hey, this is how many extra. And there should be some sort of way of, what's what I'm looking for? Um, uh, redeeming them. There's a word. Redeeming them for gold coin instead of, oh, you need so many cards of this one card or for a wild card. Or some kind of value for the cards that you don't want. Yeah. But before we dive into that, we should just say what the reprint problem is and why it's big is with the Scryfall land, with the Scry lands coming back in Core 21, uh, Saffron Olive did the math on it. And with the five, five lands and Fable Passage, you're 11% likely to be opening up one of these cards in a pack. And. If you already have a place out of all the, the scribes and the fable passages, like like I do, and they're staying in standard, it's like, well, I already got a place that. Why do I need one that has mm-hmm. that's the exact same card with just a different set symbol? The, maybe this, maybe a different art, but they don't art change that often. Right. the The argument that Saffron used was for Sorcerer's Spyglass from Ixalan to. Throne of Eldraine, because that had different arts. And sure, that has more uh, a slightly better argument because, you know, you could have a preference of one art or the other. Yep. But since these are the exact same cards with just a different set symbol, talking about some sort of duplicate protection as there currently already is, or being able to shift how you you know, how, how you can use cards that you have. Like if you get a duplicate, maybe dust it for gold or something like that. So the duplicate problem is that new cards are going to be getting printed. It's just more prevalent now with Core 21 that we're getting a bunch of reprints that people probably already have a place set up. Mm-hmm. And in Arena, since there's no way to monetize or get any kind of value off of it, like trading or, you know, selling it back in, it there's a little more of the feel bads and stuff with it, and that's re- the real big base of the duplicate problem in Arena. JB, let's hear it. He has a rant. What? What's? Do, what's, I, do I what? Do I want to? Do I want to risk the listeners? This? Unleash the boggle. You so, are hexproof. <laughs> yeah, but the podcast isn't. <laughs> oh, we'll just we'll just cut you off. <laughs> So, I get it, I hear it, I understand it, it is what it is. The thing is, it's a free-to-play game, okay? There's always drawbacks for something that's free-to-play, okay? Just think of any of your favorite mobile games that have free-to-play options, okay? You don't always get everything you want unless you pay for it, okay? whoop de do. People are whining. End of story. I don't think that was 100% of his feelings. Oh, no, that wasn't. I, th- I think that was like maybe 15% of his feelings. But but with that, just want to comment. With some of those mobile games, though, if you get duplicates of a card, typically the cards have a level progression on them already to where, you know, this card is like level one. I mean, they get more stats. They do. That's what the bolt is for. Yeah, yeah. You so, get wild cards. So, I mean, they already have that sort of system in place. 
Yeah, but when you're dealing with those, I think, I don't know, I think there should be some sort of incremental gold redemption for extras. Like I was saying, the, the arena should have some sort of format. I don't know. Right now, they just have up to four cards. Everything else just goes to the vault and then sits there until you have a full. And then you can redeem it. So, for those who don't play it that long or that often, that vault may sit there for all very long time because they don't play it until they have a full for the one set. And then, only for that one set, do you get to activate your vault and redeem whatever prize? No, it just goes for whatever, everything that's passed. Yeah. Your four well, copies goes off of it. It's it's not necessarily based off of, like, sets, because I've had my vaults sit for forever, and you just get progress towards it. The only bad thing about the vault is you can't track your progress until you get over 100%. Yeah. That I wish they would change. Because it'd be nice to see where you're at. True. Or or they could just get rid of the vault and then give you incremental gold coins for extras that you can't use. So anything over anything five or above, you get X coin for common, X coin for uncommon, X coin for rare, see, and then X comma X coin for mythic. I think the reason half the reason why they did where they have the system they have and they only have up to a play set on there is that arena is meant to be more streamlined. True. You know, you don't have all that stuff. So I'm just wondering how, if they did implement a gold redemption system for extra cards, it would have to be something like what you get um, when you get your gems after drafting, when you draft more rares past your fourth rare, where it's an automatic redemption like once you open that pack and you get that reprint they'd have to have it you know automatically turn into your gold right then and there yeah to keep their streamlined system otherwise i mean how are they going to store all that extra bulk that's the thing it's just going to make your uh you know your deck editing screens and everything like that more clunky well well they they can do that like just have that system as i was saying x for free twan and then once you open it, you automatically get that coin, like you're saying, draft. Yep, like like you do when you draft and you yep. get your extra rares, and then it automa- you know as soon as you go to the deck building thing, or, it goes, it rolls over and or once you finish, gems. once you finish the set, like from the vault set, you automatically get that little XP, but that XP only does does so much towards the mastery. But I think. Like, for me, I've never maxed out a mastery, so I have no idea. Yeah, neither have I. So it's, unless you're playing it every single day, you're never really going to. Yeah, yeah. I'm, ma- I think I'm only at, what, level 40 on this mastery set, and it's about ready to expire. I mean, that's yeah. just so ridiculous. It's like you have to live and breathe arena to ever master the actual mastery. Well, and they only give you so much XP. Exactly. You can only earn so much a day, too. I guess what's stupid. Yeah, so it's just a way of, I guess, pleasing everyone in the simplest way is just to implement what they do with the the vaults. Once you finish that vault, you just automatically get whatever for the rares. Just give that little coin. I don't know. It's just, I think it would just be easier to do it that way. But you know, then, people complain about only getting gold instead of gems because so that's the what gem, people the, are. The gems are paid for exactly. So the gold back around. The gold it. It's is free to play, people. The gold you're still going to use it to buy cards. Yep. You need to buy use gems to buy the gold in order to buy the cards. So mm-hmm. it's just a way to keep their internal money there. Yep. I don't know. That's just my thought. Anyway. It's just hard to please people nowadays. Yep. You give them an inch, they want a mile. Yep, yep. Though you can't deny the facts of not being able to do something with those duplicates. Because, again, you only need a playset. What good is a fifth copy of, you know, and specifically here, you know, like a Temple of Epiphany? What 
what good is that going to do? Like I said, I hear it. I understand it. I get it. Yeah. I, you know, I understand the stance they take with the different arts, you know, because, yeah, what if somebody wants a different art? That's cool. I understand the whole outrage over the, oh, it's just a different set symbol. Okay, I get it. But, you know, people are acting like there isn't a duplicate redemption system already in place, which there is. I mean, that's what people are, are not understanding. It's like they're, you're already getting stuff for your duplicates. But that's only for a duplicate in that set. This is duplicates that span two sets, like now Core 20 and Core 21, right, the example of the lands, but to get see, that duplicate protection there. We've already had duplicates span separate sets. It just hasn't been in a rare. No, it's been People, rare. Again, Sorcerer's Spyglass was another example. But it's just more egregious, again, because it's 11% of rares with mm-hmm. the Fabled Passage and the Five Scrylands. But see, that's that's the other issue I take with this whole thing is this: we've had reprints for how long, and people are just now all of a sudden deciding to complain about it. Like it's, yeah, it's it's definitely I a mean, long. It's it's it circles back again. It it it's a free to play game. People, okay, you you don't get your cake and eat it too. I mean, it's it's you play it like a free to play game. It's but I want pie. You know, I want cake. You only get so much out of a free-to-play flat platform. It's, but in a way, if they do change it to a gold format, it's not like Wizards is really losing any money. No, they're not. But, but keep it internal. It's people. People need to learn to keep things in perspective, though. Too. That's. I think a lot of people have lost that. Look at it as a free-to-play game. You won't be disappointed. Choo choo. Anyway, moving on. Yes, before we lose more listeners. <laughs> <laughs> because of my evil opinions. So let's uh, move on into the finance section. Cha-ching! The Weekly Winners is an article series posted on MTG Stocks where they cover three to five cards that have seen significant price increases or notable price increases. But then there at the end of the article, there's the cheap pickups where they have three to five cards that have seen significant price decreases. So let's just straight jump into number one here with workhorse, which is now an almost $20 card. Oh, uh, quick notes. All of these prices, the article comes up on Friday nights. Uh, we record this the following Monday, so prices will change. We'll make note of that right now. And Workhorse has actually dropped to below $9 now. So it's just like an increased, like a just a spike, mainly because of a card from Jumpstart. But you may be asking, you may be asking, what is Workhorse? Workhorse is an artifact creature for six colorless mana to zero zero. Workhorse enters the battlefield with four plus one plus one counters on it. Remove a plus one plus one counter from Workhorse, add a colorless mana to your mana pool. The big thing that made this jump is that there is a way to make infinite mana with this. And Palakron, Parian Drake, Dockside Extortionist. But the the big thing is uh, Workhorse is a horse. And one of the one of the cards, it's a unicorn, and I think it's just more of like flavorfully. It's Emil the Blessed. It's white, white two for a four four unicorn that reads Exile another creature you control, then returns to the battlefield under its owner's control. And then whenever a creature enters the battlefield under your control, you may pay hybrid green white. If you do, put a plus one plus one counter on it. If it's a unicorn, you put two plus one plus one counters on it. So with Workhorse and Emil the Blessed. You blink it, you make more plus one counters on it to use for X mana, then go infinite, preferably with Palacrown. Number two on the weekly winners is also uh, spiked because of Jumpstart. We have Bottomless Pit, which is now a $5 card ahead of its 50 cents prior. This thing's seen an 800% increase. Bottomless Pit is Black Black 1 Enchantment. 
During each player's upkeep, that player discards a card at random. Those of you that have been keeping an eye on the jumpstart spoilers will know the reason why is because of Tiny Bones, Trinket Thief. It is a black 1-1-2 legendary skeleton rogue that reads, at the beginning of each end step, if an opponent discarded a card this turn, you draw a card and you lose a life. Then it has an activated ability of 4 black black. Each opponent with no cards in hand loses 10 life. So this is a commander card for sure uh, with tiny bones and bottomless pit because every round of the table you'd be drawing you'd be drawing uh, four cards losing four life but your opponents are also drawing to discard cards so it's way more in your favor. But then there's also a couple cards like Words of Waste, Anvil of Bogarden, and Oppression that are moving up in price because of Tiny Bones as well. But Bottomless Pit is the one that's seen the biggest biggest increase. Unfortunately, Tiny Bones is not modern legal. I got excited when I first saw it. You can do Historic 8-Rack, though. They just need to bring in Shrieking Affliction. True. Yeah. That one seems like an easy reprint into a... Well, then it would be only four rack. You got Davriel. Eh. Yeah. It's a rack. Something. JB will be working on it. Yeah, but people are loving this Tiny Bones. Uh, currently, right now, this thing is pre- pre-selling at $57.50. Oof. It's a mythic rare from Jumpstart. It's the only printing. This is crazy of a card. We'll see how how well this gets opened and see where the pl- price goes from there because this is going to be interesting. Just any like commander black discard deck is going to be wanting this. Honestly, I was thinking about having this in my Nekusar deck as well. Though that could kill me. No, 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 no. It's not for each card. Yeah, it wouldn't kill me. But at the end of turn... Even more ways to be making in Nekusar making opponents discard card just mm. draws me an extra card. Next, we have a card from Exodus. I'm pretty sure this is the only printing of it. Card from Exodus. That is the only printing of this card. It is Oath of Ghouls. It is a black one enchantment. At the beginning of each player's upkeep. That player chooses target player whose graveyard has fewer creature cards in it than his or her graveyard does and is his or her opponent. The first player may return a creature card from his or her graveyard to his or her hand. Man, they really need to just rat it his or hers to they. Makes it way easier. So you the, the gist of this is beginning of everybody's upkeep that person chooses another player whose graveyard has fewer creatures than theirs and is their opponent, so anybody. And then that player can return a creature from their graveyard to their hand. So it's just a way to keep getting cards back. Uh, This card jumped up to just under $7 as to where it was prior to this, about 2 bucks. Uh, The price is slightly shifted upwards it's now getting closer to the ten dollar range oath of ghouls and one of the primary drives for this card moving up in price is there is a new legacy build it's a it's a maverick build which let me tell you what i've always been intrigued by the maverick decks take us away if you have more knowledge on this because i mean i don't but i definitely wanted to build it so what makes Maverick Maverick? Because there's no namesake card for Maverick in here. Those fucking lands, though. And Guy's Cradle. Fucking Grace. $2,000 fucking deck. Yeah, Legacy, man. Always expensive. Uh-huh. That's why it's proxied. But yeah, no, apparently Oath of Ghouls is an important part to the Maverick, this new Maverick build, which I guess if I had it, Let's do a quick Google. Okay, so it's referred to as Legacy Sphere stuff. So it's a Green Sun deck. Mm-hmm. 
uh, debut. The deck traditionally a green-white mid-range toolbox has been around. Uh, like its sister, Death and Taxes, Maverick runs disruptive creatures and lands. The deck is able to disrupt an opponent with threats like Knight of the Reliquary and Tireless Tracker. Uh, Green Sun allows its pilot one of matchups like Gothic, Teague, and Scavenging Ooze, and yet has access to a virtual five copies within the main deck. This allows the deck to be filled with creatures that synergize really well together as one as a serious house. So the reason they call it Maverick, because Maverick means off the radar, does something that isn't normal, according to Todd Anderson. Okay. Well, now I know why I've been so interested in its sister deck, fucking Death and Taxes. Right. Interesting. So yeah, no, Maverick is just a toolbox deck, it seems like. Uh, really hinging on Green Sun Zenith to be able to get the one of creatures and stuff in here because there's a lot of one of creatures. Gothic Teague, Kasali Pride Mage, Scavenging Ooze, Collector Oof. But yeah, that deck is showing promises, is showing showing up in uh, Legacy with the Oath of Ghouls in the build to help grind out further. There's a whole deck list of what the build currently looks like according to Saitosan on MTG stocks. Links for that will be in the description down below. So at the end of the weekly winners, there are always the cheap pickups. JB, take us away for some cheap pickups here. Alright, well our first cheap pickup, we have True Name Nemesis sitting at $8.97 and that's the Commander 13 printing. Next up, we have Oblivion Stone, sitting at $5.25 for the Iconic Master's Print. Next up, we have Vendillion Click, sitting at $14.15 for the Master's 25. And last but not least, we have Grim Tutor, sitting at $27.09. That's for the M21 printing before you guys all have a heart attack. That's what it's projected at. Solid tutor and standard, man. Mm-hmm. It's going to be definitely going to be an interesting standard with Grim Tutor. For sure. I just want to make a little comment on a couple cards that I think people might want to be looking at here soon. Uh, Mindcrank, Jace's Archivist, some mill cards like that. They are starting to show some upward shifts uh, because mill is is becoming a thing with one of the new jumpstart cards. Uh, Ooh, yeah. That guy. Yeah, hold on. So the Grand Delinquent. Is that what it's called? Set. Well, it's got a name in front of it. I don't remember Jay. what the front is, but the back half is the Grand Delinquent. Yep. Bruvik, the Grand Delinquent. Okay, I knew it started with a B, and I was thinking Baron for some reason, but I'm like, no, that's not right. Nah, Baron's coming in uh, standard. Yep. Baron, Talarian, Archmage. But no, uh, because of Jumpstart, Mill is getting a huge boost. And Magic players around the world love Mill as a card. Or is it, uh, love Milling as a deck strategy. Let me just say what uh, Bruvec, the Grand Delinquent, does. It is a blue 2-1-4 legendary human advisor that reads... Whenever an opponent would mill one or more cards, they mill twice that many cards instead. A couple cards to be on the lookout for is, like I was saying, Mind Crank. That's starting to make upshifts in price. It's about a $2.50 card. So picking these up now might actually be profitable for you when the mill deck starts showing up. Because one of the big things with Bruvec is that in Traumatize. It either mills them completely, or they have one card left in their deck. Uh, ruling is is still out on that, I think. Yeah, it's because of the rounding down. Yep. But you got things like that, and then you have partition Petitioners, which came out in... Oh, Persistent Petitioners. Persistent Petitioners. Oh. Thing with Bruvec, he is an advisor, so he can tap as well. Oh, that's gross. Let's see, so persistent petitioners. 
Rangers. What set were they in? They were in a Ravnica set, weren't they? Yeah, they were in Ravnica Allegiance. They are about a buck seventy right now. Okay, good. They have seen uh, it. They've seen an upshift. This is a common people. Yep. <laughs> but at least uh, this guy's not in standard. Because oh my god, could you imagine that in standard right now? Mm-hmm. Bruvec in standard would be rough, but you can do it in historic. Oh. The eternal format of arena is going to be very good. So yeah, no, these mill cards, just because people love mill as a strategy and Rob's, I know for a fact Rob's is on this. We got to get a list from him with these new mill cards and see what he has to say. Fucking mill. But that's just Matt's little sidebar to the finance section of keep an eye out for these mill cards. I believe they're going to be moving up. If you got a bunch of persistent petitioners, by all means, be ready to start dumping those at some point. You'll be making a good amount of money on those when they start reaching up to the $2, $3 range, which they're on they're on a climb towards. Once again, we're not trained financialists. We're just a bunch of schmucks in the room, so take our advice with a grain of salt. Good call, JB. By all means, don't go and uh, invest your monthly mortgage in, <laughs> into anything we say to try to make double. <laughs> completely agree I feel like that's a good spot to end the finance section though yeah so can we talk about the deck of the week that I chose no no we can't just, yeah, just because you chose it the wandering monster this card came out in Aquaria and I just loved it an 8 mana 8-8 eight, eight, trample haste that has cycling for 2 I gave you a dirtle turtle you did and I love it. I also have a Lava Claw Reach around for you, too. I'm in. I'm in. <gasps> you know what? I actually have it here. He doesn't want the card. He just wants to reach around. So this is a Jeskai Yadaro deck made by Koba3. It's a modern deck that functions around Yadaro Wondering Monster, which is, like I said, in Red Red 5. Oh, it's a 7-mana 8-8. Dinosaur Turtle with Trample Haste cycling red one. When you cycle Yadara Wandering Monster, shuffle it into your library from your graveyard. If you cycle a card named Yadara Wandering Monster four or more times this game, put it in the battlefield from your graveyard instead. So you're just trying to draw through your deck, pull into the late game, cycle through Yadaro as much as you can, and then you're just getting two mana eight eights with haste and trample. And that is a real backbreaking thing. So the shell that this is in is a Jeskai control shell having Snapcaster Mages, Force of Negations, Lightning Bolts, one of my favorite cards, Mana Leak, and then it has Opt and Path to Exile, Supreme Verdict. This is just control package galore for this deck. It has two Teferi Hero of Dominarias, but as a deck of control perfection, I want this. <laughs> I want this so bad. Yadaro, I was trying to do this kind of the same thing, but with Grixis. And you really lose out a little bit with not having... I mean, I don't think you're losing out on much having Teferi Hero of Dominaria instead of a Royal Scions or a Narset part of, Parter of Veils in place in a Grixis build. Because then you get Fatal Push in place of Path to Exile. But Path to Exile is definitely the premium removal spell in Modern. Mm-hmm. Thoughts, comments, concerns on this Jeskai deck from either of you? I come on, build it. It looks so good. But that uh, $860 price tag is kind of uh, deterring me away from this deck. Oh, come on. You spent $400 for one card. But I know that one card will never go below $400. Yeah. We'll see. Now, this is where we could come in and... Yeah, because the current price tag on this deck roughly is about $1,100. Sits as is with Jace the Mind Sculptors and a bunch of fetch lands in here. But the price could go down easily. Oh, yeah. Uh, It's all land-based. Replacing the Jace the Mind Sculptors with Narset Parter Avails would be pretty good. I have one of the Jaces, so that wouldn't be a problem from Masters 25. Okay. 
So that's ninety dollars off it. But yeah, I, I think of one Snapcaster, so that's thirty seven dollars. I have all the lightning bolts. I probably have all the path to exiles. I think I have all the lightning helixes. Ops, Maliks. So you I better have all the ops. Those things are so fucking common. Yeah, the uncommons and commons. I probably have all of them. Um, Supreme Verdict. That one's probably a no. But I mean, you could have Wrath to God, Wrath of God, in here as well. That's yep. how much is Supreme Verdict? Like fifteen bucks, isn't it? Five dollars. Oh, oh, well, Wrath of God down. is cheap. Or uh, that, that's way Supreme cheaper Verdict than Wrath of God. Five sixty six market. Because I know Supreme. Took a big spike when Pioneer first started. Yeah. I didn't know it dropped back down. Yeah, so keep the Supreme, look for the Supreme Verdicts as your remove, uh, mass board removal instead of uh, Wrath of God. You but I guess. You also run Shatter the Sky. Shatter the Sky is cheaper. Shatter the Sky is a good replacement as well. And in modern, it's not like you're gonna, your opponents are going to be having creatures of power four or greater. Like you're going to be running into Tarmogoyfs, that would be. But. Ice Vein Quaddles don't got it. Urzas don't got it. I mean, the Karnstrucks from the Urza would allow them to be drawing a card, but... Urza's not a 4-4? Four, four. It's 1-4. It's 1-4. There it is. Yep. Moving around the creatures and stuff, and the Planeswalkers, will lower the price down. <sighs> but out of this, like, Snapcaster and a Control build... It's good news. It's a must. Snapcaster is going down in price, so... That is good for Snappy and people that want to be playing control, pick him up. But the lands the lands is what's always going to get you. You know, you can always just do a budget mana base in, uh, in modern, mm-hmm. run a bunch more basics, and then have the dual lands, like the, the, the buddy lands or the check lands as options. You're really not going to be having the fetch lands to be running in here to try and save you on price, but... It's a good base, and it gives you something to work up towards. But yeah, all the spells, super easy to get, except for Force of Negation. That one's about a $40 card. But you can just have a Negate in place of that. A Negate is a good replacement for Force of Negation. It does the exact same thing, you just gotta pay mana for it. Or, if you want, you could do... Uh, what's the Mystic one? Mystical Dispute. Yep, that's always a good solid counter. Yeah. But, I mean, Force of Negation is just a hard counter. They don't have to, it's not a mana leak tax on it. But in in modern, you know, paying three mana, not a lot of time your opponent's going to be having that. I thought Mystical was four. Or no, is it three? that's Whirlwind Denial that's four. But Whirlwind Denial's a good card as well. If you want a three mana counter spell in place of Force of Negation, because Whirlwind Denial then hits activated abilities so you could hit a planeswalker upticking or ultimating you know it'd be pretty good uh if you're playing against any tron deck countering the ability there though you'd want more of a stifle or a tails end effect being cheaper but the flexibility that whirlwind denial has is pretty good but that is jeskai yadaro deck links in the description below I'm actually going to start putting this deck off to the side with the cards I got because I got the Yodaros, I got extra, I got the Snapcasters, I need to get the Teferis, but this deck just is, it just oozes of control that I want to play. Stop it with your control decks. I'm just a horrible, horrible blue ma- mage. You are, you are a horrible person. I like counter spells and Snapcaster. Lightning Bolt too. God, Lightning Bolt is good. That's my card. Leave it alone. Bolt, snap, bolt, man. You cannot take that away from a snap ca- Snapcaster player. But Mana Leak, Snap Mana Leak is also good. Well, Lightning Bolt, Dreadhorde, Lightning Bolt. Yeah, Dreadhorde Arcanist. Such a good card, too. Uh, before we go off into further magic card tangents like this, maybe in the future there might be more of something like that. Ooh, foreshadowing. So with that, I think that was an episode. That, I would say, is an episode. Thank you all for listening. As always, make sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter, where we're trying to post more frequently. We're uh, 
trying to get into a groove and stuff like that, uh, ask us to get into the Discord as well. Uh, Discord is going to be getting overhauled. I guess it's a, a way to do it here uh, shortly as well. Be a little more interactive on there. Yeah. Get more active, people. <laughs> if you got questions, comments, concerns, feedback, please shoot us an email. We appreciate it. We're trying to be your aggregate news source for all things Magic Gathering. So send that email to thisweekinmtg at gmail.com. Yes, yeah, send us your emails. Anything. I don't even care what it is. Just send us something. Could JB be like, a, a deck pick. Could be a brew round. Could be anything. JB likes to read. Apparently not on his phone, though. No. Ooh. The screen's too small. Read the he's, go- he's an old man. He's blind. I am. Read the Google Doc, JB. No. Don't forget to subscribe to make sure you don't miss an episode. Episodes are up every Tuesday evening. And maybe if I start getting better with the edits, maybe we'll go back into the mornings and stuff. And so with all of that, have a good week. We'll see ya. Toodles. See ya.